wailing mournfully from the jukebox. Last year's hit still haunting. Strange girl's voice calling out of the echo chamber wilderness. My first year in London. I had to start somewhere. A crummy bedsit in Westbourne Grove. Working as a messenger in an advertising firm. I'd escaped suburbia. That was the main thing. I'd found places that I could go. A handful of theatrical pubs and seedy coffee bars. The Casbar Lounge was one of them. A group of Earls Court Queens there, with cheap Polari sophistication. Varda this, Varda that. Casual bitchiness, judging anybody's fleeting object of affection. Then, he came in. Thick set in a dark suit and tightly knotted tie. Looking out of place amid all the loud clothes the young homos were sporting. Standing out sombre and heavy among the bright shirts and hipster slacks from Vince or Lord John. He looked around the coffee bar, negotiating all the signals, all the brief flashes of eye contact with a weary frown, as if his imposing presence was a burden. He looked clumsy and awkward, intimidated for all his toughness. All the looks, the staring. In places he was more used to, Spielers, drinking clubs, heavy boozers, like the blind beggar or the grave Morris. That level of eyeballing would have seemed an affront, a prelude to combat. Here, he had to get used to the fierce looks and learn a new way of staring. He had to come off guard in order to make contact. He had dark, oil-slicked hair, a battered face that made him look older than he was. An extra tuft of hair joined his eyebrows, so they furrowed in a single line. You couldn't say he was pretty. Handsome, in a brutal sort of way. Impressive. Something about him I found rather attractive. Something dangerous. The style he had in the way he held himself. Holding himself up against any embarrassment. The way he looked, like he meant it. It inspired some arch glances amongst the queens. Get her, someone murmured. As I looked over, he caught my stare. His face tightened and drew back a touch. I smiled, and his frown narrowed for a second, then opened up. A lopsided grin brought out the crease of a scar in his right cheek, then thinned out to a sad smile as he continued to scan the room. His gaze moved into a more professional line of vision, and a flurry of communication flashed from one face to another. Trade, another voice muttered coldly. Johnny, remember me, howled the jukebox. Someone coughed significantly and went over. As I watched the casual intensity of the negotiations, the man seemed to look over at me. I turned away, thinking not so much that it was rude to stare, but that it was bad for business. I didn't want to interfere. So I looked at the fish tank. Huge carp mouthed silently. A stream of silvery bubbles trailed to the surface. Someone nudged me. The Queen had returned, a faint smile on his lips. He nodded petulantly at me. He wants you, dear. The poker throbs with heat and light. Harry blows on it. 
and a few tiny sparks fly off and quickly die in the cold air of the lockup. He plunges it back into the brazier. You stupid fucker, he says. Thought you could have me over, didn't you? I start to say something. Harry slaps me hard across the face. Shh, he hisses at me again. I know, I know. You want to explain it all. But I ain't interested in some story you'll come up with. I want the truth, the whole truth. And by the time I finish with you, by Christ, I'll get it. Harry comes up close to me. My head is twisted to one side from the slap, one cheek still sore from the blow. He grabs my jaw and forces me to look directly into his stare. You've been a naughty boy, Terry, he whispers into my face. We need to teach you a lesson. Breaking a person's will, that's what it was all about. He'd explained it to me once. Harry didn't like to do business with anybody that he couldn't tie to a chair. He liked to break people. Sometimes it was a warning, sometimes punishment. Always to make one thing very clear, that he was the governor. That's what all the violence was for. That was the point of it. That was the one gruesome detail that was missed out in the trial. All the press reports, the torture gang boss headlines, all the lurid stories to tease the punters, the beatings, the pliers, the black box for giving electric shocks. They all missed the point. He liked to break people. But how can you tell? I'd asked him back then. Don't people just fake?